1: Final hour of the week of Bruce Hooley shows. Glad to have you along. Catch the podcast anytime, 9890answer.com. I love interacting with you guys. Uh, Thanks for sending your messages on Facebook. Uh, Those of you who email me, bruce at 9890answer.com. We're fighting what uh, we think is the good fight, the noble fight. We'll talk about that a lot on stage Sunday night at Genoa in Westerville, the American Leadership Forum. The six viable Republican Senate candidates will be there. Hugh Hewitt will be in town to moderate. I'm looking forward to talking to Hugh, and I'm looking forward to talking to you. And I hope you'll come. I hope you have tickets. I hope you'll get them at 9890answer.com. Uh, it's going to be a pretty spectacular evening, uh, visually at least, when you walk in. I think you're going to be um, amazed by what you see. Aaron, you've been in the room. And you sent me a photo the other day, so that's what I base my comments on. Why don't you tell people a little bit about what you know, having been in on the the behind-the-scenes planning for the event, uh, because you've seen it and I have not.
2: Yeah, yeah. The new facilities there at Genoa Church in Westerville are unbelievable. Uh, The stage setup is fantastic, and the room holds 1560, I believe, And I think we're going to be approaching that number Mm -hmm. on Sunday. So uh, we're going to have a a packed house and a ton and ton of information. Yeah, yesterday I was there with the uh, representatives of the candidates, and uh, this is a serious event. Um, They are preparing for this uh, heavily. So we're excited to see you out there. Bruce is going to be there. Hugh's going to be there, uh, and I'm going to be there. So what I'm curious about is I didn't know that you were there with representatives of the candidates. So
1: are they, you don't have to say who, because we're not trying to prejudice anybody here, but are some lower maintenance than others? Are some insisting on a little finicky, maybe visually, about how things look, afraid it to disadvantage their candidate, where they want their candidate to sit? I want my candidate to sit next to Hugh. No, I want my candidate to sit next to Hugh. Anything like that?
2: Well, you know, it was so thought out by CCV, the Center for mm-hmm. Christian Virtue, that uh, everything was done randomly. Okay. All the way through, random drawings in front of all the candidate oh. representatives about where their seat will be, what room, what dressing rooms they'll be in, <laughs> uh, even everything was done by random draw. So that way no one could say, right. um, you know, this is being set up right. in a way against me. So well, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart on Aaron's part.
1: So uh, yeah, so I'll be making a short welcome and Aaron Baer will be there and Aaron and Hugh will participate together at a portion of the program. I'm not exactly sure how the evening will unfold, but I do know there'll be a period where the candidates will be questioned one-on-one and will not be able to interrupt each other if, you know, let's say Josh Mandel's answering questions. Bernie Moreno can't jump in. Uh, Jane Timken can't jump in.
2: But then there'll be a period where there will be a a freer-flowing discussion, correct? Yeah, if you watch the presidential debates that Hugh moderated, Mm -hmm. it'll be similar to that, including with timers and alarms— uh, the whole thing's set up in a in a debate style fashion, and if anybody violates the timer, Alan Rogers
1: will come up on stage and tackle them. Right? That's what we're that's what we're doing. Yeah, he
2: has a cane. He drags him <laughs> off. <laughs> oh,
1: I love Alan. I can't wait. But I'm looking forward to this. I really, really am, and I think um, it'll be a great night. And as I said yesterday, the reason why it'll be a great night is not because you know we're in on the planning of it with CCV. It'll be planned well. It, it's just that. I really do think one of the main takeaways you'll have is you'll be invigorated by the fact that, wow, there are other people who believe what I do. It's so easy now in our culture when people just blithely and confidently say, wait, you don't think transgender rights matter and that boys and girls ought to use the same bathroom? Like you're... When somebody states a confident position, you're almost afraid at times to say what seems pretty obvious to you because there's now in our country this sanctioning of canceling you for saying it. What's always before just been assumed as normal. Now you're not allowed to say that anything is not normal. For instance, I saw this video of one of the protesters at Netflix yesterday who uh, is a dude, like a big dude, like at least three bills, every bit of three bills, dressed in kind of a dress with, you know, lipstick on and talked about my name is, you know, Edward something, but I go by Eureka O'Hara and... You would think, from the way the national media is treating this quote-unquote protest at Netflix over Dave Chappelle's comedy special, that's right, we're protesting a comedy special. Comedy is, by its very definition, countercultural. We exaggerate things to generate laughter, we take things beyond the norm to illustrate the uh, hypocrisy in certain situations and hopefully retain an ability to laugh at ourselves, this is what comedians do, this is what Dave Chappelle does, and Dave Chappelle has come under fire for saying that there are two genders. There are two genders. That is his crime, saying there are two genders. And so there's going to be this big walkout at Netflix. Now, how many people walked out at Netflix? Netflix probably employs, what, 10,000 people? Uh, Dozens of people, maybe two dozen people. So the national media shows up and they are writing about this and videoing this and broadcasting this and pontificating on this for about as long as they did the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, in the grand scheme of things, which of those two events holds the greater significance globally, nationally, even locally? He had one of the Marines, one of the one of the one of the officers, one one of the service members from Ohio who was blown up in Kabul is from Ohio. Is that more relevant to the people of Ohio than Dave Chappelle making jokes? Which aren't even jokes. He's just stating reality that there are two genders. But this is the upside-down world we live in. Joe Rogan. Popular podcaster Joe Rogan. He gets COVID. He takes, prescribed by a doctor, a drug, ivermectin, which can also be prescribed to uh, accomplish anti-parasitic treatments in animals. CNN has spent how many shows, how many segments, how many experts on to debunk Joe Rogan taking ivermectin, a drug that is prescribed around the world to billions of people around the world, a drug that had a drug that won the Nobel Prize. Drugs exclusively for animals do not win the Nobel Prize. We love animals, we don't love them enough to put a premium on drugs that deworm animals. Ivermectin has a human application, and Joe Rogan used it at the direction of a doctor. But CNN, like a pit bull with a chew toy, will not let go of Joe Rogan. Why? Because Joe Rogan confounds the popular narrative of the Democratic Party and Anthony Fauci that you must get vaccinated. Why? Because vaccines really work? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they believe that. I think what really they believe is they know best and you deny their authority over you and so you must be made fun of, mocked, marginalized, canceled. Joe Rogan, CNN. There's nothing more important to talk about than one man's opinion on taking ivermectin. Does it affect the American public that Joe Rogan took ivermectin and extols the virtues of ivermectin? Can we look into maybe The real cause of supply chain issues, rising gas prices, murder rates going up 30%. Is that more applicable, relevant to life of more Americans than a podcaster taking ivermectin? But CNN, the most trusted name in news. You tell me in the last month, what have they spent more time on? Joe Rogan taking ivermectin or the murder rate being up or gas prices being up or food prices being up or the shelves being bare or the southern border being overrun? Or people who were not tested for COVID, which seems to be one of their priorities, being flown into American cities in the dead of night. So Sunday, you're going to be around a bunch of people who also don't think you're crazy because you care about those kinds of things. Because those are the things I care about. I care about those things because they affect me. They affect my children. And they affect the grandchildren that I hope to have someday. And you're not crazy because you think those things matter. Those things matter a lot. Joe Rogan taking Ivermectin doesn't really matter a lot. And knowing that they matter a lot hopefully will infuse our society with an awareness that they matter a lot. And hopefully we can take back the avenues to power that now have been ceded to the Democratic Party that either seems incompetent to maintain the society as it has been, or bent on destroying it as it has been. I've not been able to figure out which. Is there agenda yet? It doesn't really matter because the result is the same. So that's why it's important for you to be part of what will take place at Genoa in Westerville on, when, on Sunday night. I'm always heartened when I see good things happen to good people because, you know, it's a fact of life that enough bad things happen to good people. Uh, It would be awesome, uh, but it wouldn't be reality if uh, bad things only happen to bad people and good things only happen to good people. But that's not how it works. Uh, It will all uh, balance out in the end. That is uh, a certainty that I have because of the faith that I have. But it is always heartening when something good happens to someone good. And so I am pleased to let you know an update to a story that we talked about earlier this week. I do not know this young lady. She's a young lady. I think she's probably in her early 30s. Her name is Allison Williams. She is a sideline reporter at ESPN. I've never met Allison Williams. I have uh, a fair amount of friends at ESPN. I don't think I've even ever asked any of my friends from ESPN about is Allison Williams a, a nice person or not a nice person. But I know this. She's really talented. Uh, I watch a fair amount of sports on TV, and she's not even close to the top of what ESPN thinks is their best sideline reporters. But she is their best sideline reporter, and she has been for a long, long time. But she's not an ESPN employee anymore, not because she wasn't a good sideline reporter, because she wasn't a good American, according to Joe Biden, because she wouldn't get vaccinated. She has a child. She'd like to have another child. She's nervous about what the vaccine would do to her ability to have a child so she refused to get the vaccine. And Disney, your family-friendly company, fired Allison Williams. I played you the audio of her tearful farewell to ESPN. But she said, I will not prioritize a paycheck over my priorities. Now, I tweeted at her that I hoped things would work out for her and that I thought she would never regret leaving. Well, things have worked out for her. She has been hired by the Daily Wire. Ben Shapiro, on his podcast today, announced that they have signed Allison Williams to lead a special sports series available exclusively for Daily Wire members. I am a Daily Wire member. I look forward to that. She's very, very talented. This is what she said. The Daily Wire is one of America's fastest-growing media companies, and I'm thrilled and honored to join them. I'm proud to be part of a company that fights for our rights, and I can't wait to bring agenda-free sports reporting to The Daily Wire's members and millions of followers. She'll do a great job there. I don't know how they'll use her, but she's extremely talented. She just asks good questions. She doesn't ask stupid questions of coaches. She's prepared. That's really all it takes to be a good sideline reporter. Uh, Sometimes you don't get much notification that you need to be prepared. Uh, A former U.S. Marine named James Kilser did not have much notification that he would need to be prepared. He was at a convenience store in Yuma, Arizona. Aaron, have you ever been to Yuma, Arizona? I've not been to Yuma. Oh, you're missing it, my friend. Yuma is, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. Uh, Yuma, Arizona is hot and desolate. And I can't imagine a more desolate, deserted place than a convenience store in Yuma, Arizona at 4.30 a.m. But James Kilser was in there and he was buying two Gatorades and an energy drink. And in walked three young men, one of whom was brandishing a gun. Aaron, have you seen the video of this? Uh, the veteran?
2: The veteran. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. Guy walks in with a gun, and he's like, you know, it must be cool if you're like a crip or a blood or something. And you like, you not only like hold the gun up like you're actually, but you like point it at the floor with like the trigger up high. So he, he walks in with this gun like this, expecting this guy. To cower in fear like, oh my goodness, there's a teenager with a gun. Instead, James Kilser reaches out with his hand, grabs the kid's wrist, and cold cocks him in the head with his bag of Gatorade and Monster Energy drinks. Upon which the other two accomplices who were unarmed stumbled and bumbled and fumbled around like rejected members of the Three Stooges. And ran out the door. Robbery stopped. Now what I didn't see on the video. Is that James Kilser Sat on the kid. Who came in brandishing the gun. And held him down until the Yuma. Sheriff's office arrived. And arrested him. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. James Kilser is a former Marine. And he said. That uh, the Marine Corps. Taught me not to. Blank around, meaning mess around. Yeah. He said, I was just just getting ready to turn around and leave, and I heard the door open in an aggressive fashion. It kind of had my spidey senses tingling a little bit. The situation had to be dealt with, and there was really only one way to deal with it. I picked my target and said, that's the one I'm going for. He took an extra step toward me, toward the counter, and he was in my reach. Yes, he was. The boy was 14 years old. 14! He's now cooling his heels in the uh, Yuma County Sheriff's Office. And Kilser's final comment is, that boy needs some Jesus. He's going down the wrong path real quick. Yes, he is, James. Hopefully, you've helped him uh, realize the error of his ways. Now, a tragic, tragic story yesterday in Hollywood. Alec Baldwin, who's no friend of the right, Um, was shooting a movie in uh, New Mexico. It's an unfortunate choice of words uh, because he was handed what he thought was a prop gun and somehow, I don't know, we don't have details yet, the gun fired and he shot the producer of the movie and killed her, Uh, a 42-year-old woman named Helena Hutchins and wounded the director, Joel Souza Apparently, Fox is reporting that people at the set said that Baldwin said, who gave me a hot gun? So I don't know if it was a live round of ammo or if it were blanks. You can be killed by blanks, by the way, uh, if they're fired in close enough proximity to your body and hit you in the right place. This woman's 42 years old, and she's dead. So there'll be a full investigation of this. Uh, Alec Baldwin has had some unfortunate tweets in the past. About what it's like to kill somebody uh, unintentionally. Uh, So, very unfortunate situation.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of
0: the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.